episode 20, launching into step four on the podcast. ASI season three. My name is Russ Shaw. Let's get it rolling. Bumper from the band Volbeat. Yes, uh, outlaw gentlemen and shady ladies. This uh, this show, the bumpers I play on the podcast are, uh, yeah, they're bumpers. They're called promo bumpers in the radio business. This is speech media as a podcast. So my legal requirement to you, the listener, is... Uh, yeah, these are promo bumpers, and if you would like to see, I even go a step further. Besides just naming the band, and yeah, I played a bumper by this band off of this album, right? Playing this promo bumper, you can also go to the website, asi247.org, click on the music tab, and you can download uh, this song and, and many others that are on the podcast for free. <clears throat> Actually, that last part's not true. It's not free. You can't download them for free. No, you cannot. But you can buy them from Google Play or iTunes or Amazon or whatever you do. Um, I don't get paid a dime for that, by the way. I don't get paid any money for uh, for doing that. I just uh, I just do it because uh, you know I like the music. Music's good and. You know, every every tune I play has something to do with the message of the show. But by the way, BTW, I love music, man. I'm just a, I'm a music guy. I'm kind of an emotional cat, so music speaks to me. Music, you know, it kind of uh, it resonates with my emotions, resonates with my soul, um, the the energy, and sometimes the lyrics as well. So, anyway, <laughs> just had to kick it off there. Doing a show here in the morning once again. Uh, I'm actually taking my wife's car to get emissions, emissions test. Because here in the state of Washington, hold on, I have to have some coffee. I'm at a red light. Oh, that's, that's not bad. Anyway, here in Washington State... We have, uh, yeah, emissions. Like, do, I don't know. Like, I have, I have family in L.A., and we go down there every so often. I was down there last summer, and it's like, you know, I, I could see in L.A. where you would need clean air type of thing. I, I, I don't know. I, it's just we don't have a lot of smog here. But then again, there is the global warming and our human, you know, stewards of the, of the environment and of the planet. And is the exhaust coming out of cars affecting that you know there's some signs to support that so maybe so maybe not but anyways i just oh man there it goes
Golly, it just... So, yes, that uh, means that the engine light came on on my way to get emissions, which... See, if your engine light's on, they will fail you. You can't get your emissions done in your car. That's the way it is here. Uh, so that's where I'm at. And now, there's a transmission thing with this car. This is the car primarily that my wife drives. And sometimes it works fine. And sometimes the engine light comes on and the transmission does something screwy. But anyway, so, and I don't have the money to go take it to a mechanic and pay the money to fix that. I'm kind of a backyard mechanic myself, but I, uh, transmission problems, not, that's kind of outside of my, uh, my realm of expertise. <laughs> so this is, this is not good. Ah, this car does not like me. It's one of those emotional reactions, right? If something doesn't go my way with the car, it means the car doesn't like me. It's a car. It doesn't have that ability. Anyway, this all had me thinking about step four, by the way. Step four, again, you know, reciting step four is a past tense kind of a declaration. This is something I did, right? Step four is I made a fearless searching of my uh, my soul, right? Of, of a moral inventory. Uh, let me read it. Just trying to go by memory here. Anyway, uh, step four. One of my another one of my very favorite steps. All all these are pretty good, but this is a pretty good one as well. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Um, and it's like it's like taking your car down to get the emissions test, right? Like, what kind of stuff is coming, flowing out of you? And that's what doing a step four is. It's getting a journal and it's writing down, like, what what is your moral inventory? Like, who are you? What do you, what you do is part of who you are. So it's not just writing down the bad stuff, but it's writing down what what you believe in and being honest about, you know, fearlessly honest about who you are and the things that you do and and you can you know I mean that's kind of the thing with addicts right like I do this thing and I, and I don't know why I do it but I keep freaking doing it and I show up at this place and I and I'm like ah I'm here again why you know and and sometimes loved ones and family members are go why do you do it I don't know that's the thing I don't freaking know I I like the analogy of being caught in a river you know like there's a guy caught in a river during like a flash flood or something like that and he's cruising down the river really fast and and he doesn't want to be there right like a guy caught in a flash flood that's kind of uh, traumatizing that's not fun you know and he's reaching and trying not to drown and reaching for something on the on you know uh, on the side of the river to keep him give himself some some leeway some footing but he keeps flowing down the river, you know, he is, and, and to stand there and shout, you know, why don't you just get out of the river? Like, I'm trying to get out of the freaking river. Help me. Anyway, turning off the car, I'm back home now. But uh, you, you see what I'm saying? Addiction's kind of like that. And a step four is uh, is being honest about where you're at, you know, maybe the things you see as you're flowing down the river. Um and maybe be honest about what it took to get into that rapid flow of that river 
in the first place. The attitudes that got a hold on you and what it's going to take to change some of those attitudes, to break the hold that that current has on you and to move into a different stream, so to speak, all right? Return to the Mac, get on what it is, what it does, what it is, what it isn't. Looking for a better way to get up out of bed instead of getting on the internet and checking a new hippie. Get up, first shot, come strut walking. A little bit of humble, a little bit of cautious. Somewhere between like Rocky and Cosby's for the game. Nope, nope, y'all can't copy up. Spread it across the country. Here we go back, this is the moment. Tonight is the night, we'll fight till it's over. So we put our hands up like this. Hold us, yes, little Macklemore, a uh, rapper from my hometown, right here in Seattle, Washington. Um, I love that song. I like that lyric, you know, like the ceiling can't hold us. And these thoughts on step four have me thinking about that that lyric, right? The, a lot of the ceiling that's holding us into the stuck place, right, is some of the attitudes that we believe. This show is called Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, and I wanted to touch on some of the attitudes. And just maybe as you listen, you know, think about your own place. Think about that river that you may be stuck in and some of these attitudes of thought that pull you in whichever direction. And when we can take these things out, right, this moral inventory, as it were, when we can pull these things out and, and take a look at them from our own perspective without thinking about other people and letting, oh, well, that guy does this. No, discipline your mind to stop that, all right? What about you, all right? How do you think and how do you feel about these these things that I'm going to talk about here, these different attitudes. Um, check this out. This is from a book called uh, The Rx of Sobriety. And uh, it's called a Moral Inventory Checklist is what it's called. And, and a lot of these are just, what I liked about them is a lot of these are just attitudes. These are attitudes of the heart. These are those things that come flowing out of us, right? And what really struck me and what I really like about these attitudes here are that they, uh, as, as addicts, you know, yes, my story is different than your story, but a lot of these attitudes I hear from a lot of folks who struggle with unwanted behavior, you know, people that struggle with impulse control. These are some of, a lot of us have this stuff in common. So I'll get right into it here. Check this out. Uh, thankfulness. It is the habit of my life to thank my higher power and others for what they have done. Thankfulness can become one of those good streams, right, that can branch off the river if we let it. We're so often and easily pulled into grumbling and complaining and woe is me and going into this kind of dark, the world's against me type of thinking. Um, some of that can be diet, man. Some of that can be the way we eat or, or not getting enough sleep. Some of it can just be our flesh, you know. We live in these fleshy earth suits and my mood changes from time to time. And a lot of that can do with how I eat, when I eat, what I eat. And if I'm getting four hours of sleep, that's probably not going to help 
<laughs> with that that you know that stream of thinking, right? But also, I've noticed that even if I'm fatigued, even if I, I'm hungry, even if I feel that that fleshy thing rising up in me to temptation to complain, thankfulness is something that I can I can pull up, I could pray about. Like, Lord, you know, Holy Spirit, help remind me, you know, I'm thankful that I live where I live, for example. I'm thankful that I'm, my, my kids are healthy, you know. I'm thankful that my wife is still married to me. I'm thankful that I'm thankful for a lot of stuff. I can, I can just choose things, even the things that I like, right? Like, I like cheeseburgers, like, you know, things like that, the, the, a massive amount, uh, just living here in the United States, the freedoms that we have and, and the stuff that we get to enjoy, uh, I, am, uh, I am blessed far beyond what I deserve. And that is true. The attitude of thankfulness, right? Getting into this, this moral inventory box of stuff. <laughs> it's a good way to diffuse the, the grumbling negative thoughts and, and feelings that start rising up, you know. Um, gentleness. And this is something I struggle with. Um, anger, right? Especially sex addicts. We struggle with anger. And, and I, man, I feel the anger rise up in me. Dry, I drive all day. I'm better at it than I used to be, but I still feel the, the you know, this thing rise up in me to, to yell at people <laughs> on the road. You moron, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not like that as much as I used to be, but it's still there. And I have to make a conscious choice to, you know, I don't know what this guy's doing. I don't know where he's at. There was a guy yesterday, just yesterday, who um, his car was slowing down quite a bit, and I just kind of went around him. I didn't think too much about it. But this other guy gets up behind him and starts honking and, and flashing his lights and just, you know, you could see his fist shaking out the window. I couldn't hear what he was saying because, of course, my music is up loud. Anyway, um, so I'm looking at this guy in my rearview mirror, and, and, he, and it turns out that the guy in front of him, like his car had broke down, and he was simply looking for a place where he could pull his car over because it quit working. Like, you don't know what's in the other person's situation. And, and this guy's just, you should be driving faster. Yeah, I would drive faster, buddy, if my car ran. All right, chill out. Have a little, have a little grace. Okay, so, but anyway, you know, it had me thinking about, you, you don't know what's going in through someone's spirit, what their situation is, where they're at, when they're driving like a fool, all right? Like, I've never drove like a fool. There's, no, there's a reason I don't have a Jesus fish in the back of my car, okay? <clears throat> Anyhow, a little, uh, little uh, disclosure there. Humility. I do not have an overinflated self-opinion, right? This is one for me that, you know, my opinions can, can damage or hurt people. And in one way, um, my anger, like I have a quick mind and I can use my quick mind to cut someone to shreds. And I can use my opinions to gather more weapons to do that if I'm not careful. So in my own humility and not looking at the other person as the enemy, right, 
I mean, I, sometimes I like to take apart certain ideas, um, trying to save face, trying to love that person, but also asking them questions to help maybe take apart a worldview that, that may be unhealthy um, in a coaching situation or something like that, or just talking with friends, you know. It's having a teachable spirit. One of the things I learned, I was listening to lectures at Berkeley uh, online through iTunes U, and the professor was talking about what he called the heaviness of the situation, right? Um, a fundamental attribution error is basically when I, here's a good example of it, when I do poorly in a test, and the reason I did poorly in the test is because I didn't get enough sleep the night before. I had bad pizza. Um, my cat peed on my textbook. It was hard to read, right? So I, I did poorly in the test. Um, but if I look at another person and he does poorly in the test and I see his grade and I think to myself, this emotional response comes out and I think to myself, wow, that guy's an idiot, right? So we do that a lot because we're not humble, because we're not considering that person's situation, the power of the situation is big. It's weighty. And when we just want to be alone and be angry, it's easy to just judge someone else without considering their heart and their circumstances. Um, we can brag about how good we have it because we're not in their situation, right? So <sighs> humility, having a teachable spirit, you know, not bragging, not being a boaster about myself, you know, that kind of thing. Not not name dropping or having spiritual pride. And yes, Macklemore is from Seattle. <laughs> name dropping there. Hey, I I'm proud of where I live. Anyway, that's again, what's the opposite of humility? Right? I know. I I know. I'm just I'm messing with you, all right? You see what I'm saying though? These these anti humble, prideful things that come flowing out of the heart that has us back to angry, judgmental, alone, drifting back towards our compulsion. Trust. Um, this is a big one for me. I have trust issues. I still do. I know a lot of you do too. All right. Um, belief, like I can believe in something, right. And, and still distrust it. Uh, my friend James Brooks had this brilliant analogy about the, the, the tightrope walker, right? He puts a tightrope. There was a guy who did this on, on national television across the Grand Canyon, right? He puts this tightrope across the Grand Canyon. And he walks across a tightrope, and he walks back across a tightrope. And this is, this is my friend James's analogy. And then, he, and then he takes a wheelbarrow, and then he takes like a few bags of cement, about 200 pounds, and he pushes the wheelbarrow across this Grand Canyon, right? This big chasm, this, this tightrope walker, and everybody, the crowd's cheering and everything, and, and he's like, that's awesome, and it, do you believe that I can push a person across this Grand Canyon? And everybody's like, yeah, we believe you can do it. You know, we saw you do it with the sand. We saw you walk across twice. We believe you can do it. And then he's like, all right, you, get in the wheelbarrow. And the guy's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if I trust that. So, again, beliefs are something different than, than trusts, right? Um, convictions 
and beliefs are two different things. And this is where the element of faith comes in. And this is also where, you know, like that song says, uh, like the ceiling can't hold us. Like when we can push through a boundary, like, you know, like that song says in the, in the, <laughs> in the chorus there, like the ceiling can't hold us. Like, okay, there's a ceiling. I know that that ceiling exists and I've been held back by that ceiling because I believe it's there. Because my belief system and my attitudes have bolstered its, you know, its strength above me. Um, faith will help us bust through that. Because we have to have faith to change our behavior in a way that's different than we've been thinking for all these years. Does that make sense? Um, persistence is another one. I'll go back to trust, but persistence. Um, addicts can make great leaders, right? When they have their addiction under control to some extent. Um, we, we tend to focus on something and we're like bulldogs. We, we don't let go. We have a stubbornness about us and that stubbornness can be sanctified for, for the will of God, right? for doing good if we let it. If we can change, again, that, that strong river of, of will, right, to, to a, a different kind of persistence, um, it'll, it'll change your life. It is normal for me to, to hang on like a bulldog to certain things. And in unhealthy attitudes, I tend to do that. A lot of you do too. You tend to hold on. If you, if you take a step back outside yourself, look at yourself. This is moral inventory talk, right? Looking at yourself and going, all right, yeah, I tend to do that. I tend to take a look at my life and, and make excuses how it's someone else's fault, for example. And I can be pretty persistent in that. And then the, the thoughts start to flow on all of the reasons that I'm the way I am. No, Break that. Start to break that attitude. It's an unhealthy way of thinking when, when we start playing the blame game. Or we blame stuff, you know. Oh, we'll look at the culture. Women are half naked all the time. How am I supposed to get clean from this sexual compulsion? Ugh, stop, all right? This, this can change. What you choose to drink in with your eyes can change. A great way to catch this change or to see it happening is when you're stressed when you're in your stressful situation, whether it's work or whether you're in conflict with your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, it's, it's a good time to stop and see what you're being persistent in. What kind of attitudes you can choose to change in that moment of time, right? And that's where I go. I'm going to go back to trust. And surrendering to your higher power, surrendering to Jesus, right? I, I, I'm, I'm anti-religion. I mean, that's my deal. I'll be honest with you. I love Jesus. I love the Gospels because it's real and it's human history. It's based on human history. Uh, so that's where I'm at. That's my, my worldview. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I, do, I don't just believe this stuff, but I can walk in it. 
I can act as if I'm actually in the care of God. I can act as if I can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Because the altar's closed, you know. I mean, that's the whole book of Hebrews. These religious cats trying to earn God's favor, right? Trying to get God to love them. Trying to do these things to manipulate God. And the point of the book of Hebrews is, is God saying, it, it's been paid, right? Paul is bringing this message. We don't know if it's Paul or not. I speculate that it is just because the way he writes. But he, he doesn't put his name on it. And it's probably because these are religious Jews who didn't like Paul. <laughs> That's my... Anyway, the book of Hebrews is, is that. It's saying grace covers it. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. That we... That you can't do it. You know, God already paid it. Your debt has been paid. Guilt, the word guilt actually comes from the word debt. Like you feel this heaviness. Um, part of pressing in and part of my faith, understanding God, was realizing that Jesus paid that debt. And when I can let that go, let, trust as if my Lord and Savior is guiding my life and my situations, and trust that my reactions can be different because of my faith in that area. Faith is the belief in things unseen. If you're an atheist, if you're a person who doesn't believe in God, you still have faith. You know why? Because you can't prove it. You can't prove there isn't a God as well as I can't prove there is one. We both run on faith. The next is forgiveness. And this is going to tie to persistence and trust. The fact that you are forgiven. All right. Jesus paid your sin debt. That's human history. God came into human history. God entered time and space as a man and paid your sin debt. And it's paid. And you're forgiven. And you can forgive yourself because of that reality. And that may take some work. It took some work on my part. It took some pressing in. It took some praying it took some giving up myself because I feel comfortable in not forgiving myself. Um, but really what, what I was doing was saying that the gift that God gave on the cross wasn't enough. And that was, that was wrong. That was just me being stuck in my own pride and my own, you know, my own big river stream flowing down to I'm going to do whatever I want because I'm the bad guy, right? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> that, was my, that was my heart. Um, you are forgiven. Fully forgiven. And when we can pray about that and meditate on that and think on that, resentment and bitterness can start to can start to melt like an ice cream cone in the hot sun. All right? Forgiven. Forgive your debtors as you have, as, as the Lord has forgiven you. It's in the Lord's prayer. Um, powerful. And take some time to pray, to sync up with love. Right? That's what prayer is. Talk to God. One of the prayers that, that 
you know, if you have doubt, you know, if you don't even believe, I want to believe this stuff. That's something I used to say. I want to believe there's a God. I want to believe that he loves me. One of the, the most daring prayers you can pray is asking God to reveal himself to you. Lord, please reveal yourself to me. On humble knee, right? Bowed down on a humble knee, Lord. I'm praying for you to reveal yourself to me. That, that is a, a courageous prayer. And it's a prayer that I've heard over and over again that does not go unanswered. All right? It's truth. Talk to God. Harmony. And this is one I want to leave you with. There's lyrics in a song that some of you uh, religious types probably won't like, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about it anyway because this song touched my soul. Um, the song was by the artist Pink, and the lyrics were, uh, it's called, If God is a DJ. Maybe I'll leave the, the show with that, all right? Um, if God is a DJ and life is a dance floor then you need to get your ass on the dance floor, all right? That's part of being in harmony. Live. Live your life. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah, when you get out amongst people, maybe if you're like me and you're socially awkward, I drive all day, you know, that kind of thing. It takes effort for me to get around people. I like people, I have my friends, but sometimes it, it actually takes effort. It takes a will on my part. It takes breaking my own stream of staying comfortable and alone in front of my computer or whatever, right, my home, um, to get out and talk to people and to be in that harmony with other folks and to, and to make an impact on other people's soul and, and let them love me, let them talk to me, let, let myself love them and speak into their life and you know, even let some folks that I can trust behind the counter a little bit, right? Um, being in harmony in this time in history, in your life, be in harmony. Get your ass on the dance floor, all right? God is a DJ. Life is a dance floor, all right? And this may be unorthodox Christian theology, but man, there's, there's a lot of truth in that song. I'll leave you with this. This is from 1 John chapter 4, uh, verses 17 and 18, and this is from the Message Translation, which is the Bible in kind of common contemporary English. Uh, verse, starting verse 17, God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. In this way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ's. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment is one not fully formed in love. Um, stuck. Being stuck is, is like being gripped by fear. Defining love is going to take faith.
learning stuff and being teachable and learning what love is, is going to take faith. And that faith is like busting through that ceiling in that Macklemore song, right? Like the ceiling can't hold you. Let love fill your soul so that that ceiling can't hold you. So you can break through the, the thing that has that grip on you, that fear that has a grip on you. All right? It's going to take effort. It's going to take work. And you're not going to change overnight. But let love in. Punching holes in a piece of canvas. The light just starts to flood the room after a while. It's my prayer for you. I love you guys. Until next time. Speed to a great white shark on shark. We rock. Time to go off. I'm gone. Deuces goodbye. I got a world to see. And my girl, she want to see Rome. Caesar, make you a believer. Nah, I never ever did it for a throne. That validation comes from giving it back to the people. Now, sing this song and it goes like, raise those hands. This is our party. We came here to live life like nobody was watching. I got my city right behind me. If I fall, they got me. Learn from that failure. Gain humility. And then we keep marching. Can I we said, go